It's time for Crack the Customer Code, the ultimate podcast to help you unlock the secrets to understanding and connecting with your customers. Now it's time for your hosts, the wonder twins of customer experience, Adam Toporek and Jeannie Walters. Jeannie, I've always wondered what it's like to be someone who never makes mistakes. Are you asking me because I am that person? Of course, Jeannie. It's obvious. (laughs) Oh, Adam, I have clearly misled you. (laughs) (laughs) No, of course I'm, uh, you know, overwhelmed with your perfection after Mm. 495 episodes (laughs) of this podcast. Yes, you've seen it up close, and you know that <laughs> perfection is what we uh, achieve. Exactly, all every the time. time. <laughs> and you know, when we're talking about customer experience, uh, there is no such thing as perfection. That's uh, true. There is such a thing as perfect execution, but perfection is difficult to achieve because we are dealing with what, Janie, human beings. Yep, humans are complicated, aren't they? I, th- I, I would say so. I think so. Um, but you know what? We thought it would be a fun episode if we talked about common mistakes because, you know, there are one-time mistakes. There are mistakes that uh, just was a slip of the mind or just somebody zigged <laughs> when they should have zagged or whatever. But then there are patterns, mm-hmm. right? There are mistakes we can identify. And we thought it would be cool to talk about those today. Yeah. I, I think this is really important because, you know, we still talk about customer experience and customer service as, as if they're kind of like common sense. Like, oh, you just do it. You do the thing. And everybody knows what to do because we know what it's like to be a customer. We know how we want to be treated. But when you get right down to it, there's a lot to this work. And I think when we are working with different leaders like you and I do, we see these things happen again and again and again. So our observation of these mistakes is what we want to bring to you so that you can avoid these as you embark on your own adventures in CX and CS. I mean, you sort of buried the lead, Jeannie, or uh, you sort of revealed the lead, I should say. Actually, (laughs) the opposite, because, you know, in the end, all we really say when we meet with our clients is just do the thing. You know the thing. Just do the thing. (laughs) And it works. It's very effective. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, we decided to take three each. Jeannie took the strategic level, and I took the executional level. So we're doing a little mix and match for you today. So we're going to talk about three mistakes that leaders make. Uh, particularly when focused on the big picture on CX strategy. And then we're going to talk about a little uh, three mistakes that occur really at the executional level that uh, happen on the ground, happen um, at the managerial level often or at the department level. Mm -hmm. So Jeannie, why don't we start with some big picture and your first choice for strategic mistakes? Well, ironically, the mistake is not being strategic. (laughs) (laughs) It's really about not having a strategy, not treating customer experience like it's a way to do business. And I see this again and again in the forms of people saying, hey, uh, hey, you, VP, guess what? Uh, You are in charge of customer experience. Go forth, be successful. (laughs) (laughs) And they're given no objectives. They're given no outcomes. They're given no resources. They're given nothing. And so I think we have to really look at the way that customer experience is a winning business strategy, but we have to define that. We have to say what that means, not just for our customers and not just in that 
kind of fluffy common sense language of if we have happy customers, they will spend more money with us, which is great, but make that an outcome of a strategy. So I really, you know, believe you guys have heard me say this before, but in having a customer experience mission statement, having a customer experience success statement, because you need to define what success looks like in order to deliver on it. And so if you're starting from this idea that customer experience is just this idea that you're supposed to know what to do with, that is a mistake. And unfortunately, this happens more than we'd like to admit. 100%. And you need to begin with the end in mind, as you're saying, right? You mm -hmm. need to know where you're going and have a map. And I'm not even talking about a journey map, a, a map, mm -hmm. an idea of what that strategy is and how... Uh, where you're going, where you're trying, what you're trying to achieve, and understanding all the parts of the organization that are going to need to be involved to do that, and just That's right. saying "happy customers" is not going to cut it. Yep, exactly, exactly. So I think we should jump down and talk about the execution now of this because I think these things go hand in hand. So, what's your first guiding mistake? <laughs> Well, Jeannie, as we say where I'm from, I got a dog in this hunt because uh, <laughs> it is failure to train teams on soft skills. Mm. Completely. I see this just throughout every industry uh, and how important it is depends on the industry, but it is always important. And, you know, one of the things we've talked about this season and we've talked about for a few seasons now is the robots taking over, right? <laughs> But the thing is this, the robots, as we have discussed many times, are going to take the easy transactions, mm -hmm. are going to take the simple transactions, meaning that the people who are left, right, the human interactions that are remaining are going to be the ones that require incredible soft skills. That's and right. too, too often, the teams, uh, you know, tra uh, people train their teams, excuse me, on how to use the machines, right? How to how to fill out the ticket, uh, mm -hmm. where, where the pencils go. And they don't do sort of the more difficult work of soft skills. How do you manage human emotion? How do you work around expectations? How do you control your own emotions? And I think those soft skills, uh, the, the lack of training in those soft skills has been a mistake uh, for a very long time. Mm -hmm and will become an increasingly more important mistake as we move forward. I, I think that the other thing to underline here is that we are in a period of time where a lot of people have kind of lost those soft skills. They haven't been around as many people. We're hearing about how kids in the education system are behaving differently. Um, they're behaving younger in some ways socially because they didn't get that exposure to just interactions and learning as we go. And so I think that this is something that will become more important moving forward for all those reasons. And we have to, again, get really articulate about what do we, what are we asking you to do? Like, what does this look like? Help people role model, help people role play, all of those things. Because when you're in the situation for the first time is not the time when you want to be uh, figuring those things out, right? <laughs> No, exactly. And, you know, there's a, even, uh, you know, apart from the pandemic, there's been a generational element of this yep. as well. The newer generations have such a, have learned to rely on uh, digital communication, have, rely, uh, have learned to hide behind digital communication in mm -hmm. conflict situations. And you find they're, a, you know, a little less uh, disposed to manage human conflict yep. face to face. Yep. Uh, so that training is even more important uh, mm -hmm. moving forward. 
And frankly, soft skills are not just face-to-face, -face, right? Like we, we have to understand how do you communicate in these different channels in a way that is human and understanding and showing empathy and all those things. So I think this is a big one. So I'm so glad that you brought this up. All right, Jeannie, hit us. Number two on the strategic uh, mistakes. <laughs> well, we talked about not having a strategy at all, but then what I see is sometimes I'll say, great, what are you doing for customer experience? And they say, well, we are sending out a survey once a year and we're reporting on that. And that's literally what they're doing for customer experience. They're not doing anything with those re survey results. They're not reacting to the feedback. But that has become how people, quote unquote, do CX. And so uh, this is when key performance indicators, those CX metrics that people like Net Promoter System, uh, you know, CSAT score, all of those things, they could be very well communicated and socialized and people really know them, but they become measurement for measurement's sake. And that's what I see as the mistake. When you ask about what's actually being done, they talk about measurement and they talk about these, these metrics, but that becomes the goal, just the measurement, not actually doing anything with it. And so sometimes I joke about the fact that a CX leaders are sometimes, uh, over time, they evolve into number narrators, <laughs> where they're literally just saying what went up and down, and people rely on them for that, but they don't do anything with that. So I think this is this is a big one throughout a lot of organizations as well. No, that's a great one. That truly, um, because w w one of the things we see with these measurements is not only do they become sort of uh, blind to the reason for the measurement, uh, why the measurement exists in the first place. Yep. Uh, they also rely on it, right? To, mm -hmm. You talk about a number narrator, you know, we've had many episodes in which we've talked about, you know, don't rely on one. Metric. Right. Don't there's rely. no magic metric. <laughs> there's no magic metric. Exactly. And, um, you know, they're seductive. We just, mm -hmm. it's just easy to understand, mm -hmm. right? It's, uh, it's easy to understand. We went up, we went down. The problem is, or one of the many problems is, uh, they can be gamed. Mm -hmm. um, they generally are gamed when they are the primary focus. Yep. And they're not balanced by other metrics and other forms of feedback. And, you know, they do become sort of just the end goal, right? Mm -hmm. They replace the actual goal and they become the goal, right. uh, uh, to your point. And that's when... Uh, that's when the ship starts taking on water, Jeannie. <laughs> yeah, they. Uh, I thought you were going to say that's when the ship hits the fan, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been much more clever. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I think that this this is something that, to use your word, is kind of seductive, right? Because if if you're talking about CX as if it's this magic thing, as if it's just common sense, and you're trying to get your arms around it and your boss and your boss's boss are saying, oh, cool numbers, like that, that's great that they went up and you get that feedback. If you're not applying, you know, why did it go up? What can we do? Can we do more of that? Can we figure out why things are going down? Can we react? Then it's really just an exercise of measurement and not actually execution. And so I think it's one to watch out for in a lot of organizations. Absolutely. And especially when that boss calls you in a year later and goes, oh, I looked at some other numbers. Yep. How come we've lost customers? Exactly. Our, our NPS went up. Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. And I think a lot of organizations are looking at revenue carefully right now. So that's exactly. coming up as well. So 
So, okay, so we've tackled some strategy and measurements. We've talked about soft skills. Give us another one, Adam. What else is happening that we need to watch out for? Failure to empower teams. Mm. This is so huge, particularly nowadays. You know, when we talk about um, this idea of like throwing out the manual, right? Mm -hmm. That's a, that's a, there's a lot of talk of that nowadays, and I don't necessarily agree with that. Uh, but I like the concept, right? This idea of we want our teams to be nimble, we want our teams to be able to react in real time, and that's the key phrase: in real time, mm -hmm. to be able to solve customer issues in the moment because no matter what happens any form of delay is by its very nature a worse experience <laughs> that is just that is just the way it works yep. if you delay it is a worse experience than it could have been now you find you may be able to recover you yeah there's some different research on recovery and its impact but in general for the grand majority of transactions or interactions if you do not solve, if you have to find an answer, if you have to pass them to another department or person, all of that lessens the experience, weakens mm -hmm. the experience, makes it worse. So empowerment is one of the best antidotes to this. Now, we could dig into empowerment for about six episodes, <laughs> so I'll just say this. You know, it, one of the reasons people fail to empower teams or a few of the reasons people fail to empower teams. One, they're scared, mm -hmm. right? They're scared to give up the power. They're scared of what's going to happen. Two, they don't really understand the power of empowerment, yeah. how much it does improve both the employee experience and the customer experience. It improves both because when you empower your teams, you make it easier for them to do their jobs so they can serve more customers mm -hmm. easier and better. It actually makes your team more effective. It actually makes you more profitable. So I, I always call empowerment the win-win-win of customer experience, mm -hmm. right? The team wins, the customer wins, and the company wins. Amen. Yeah. I think this is a big one because one of the things that I've seen is you pull those those employees into a room and you say, what's working and what's not? And they are very clear. They know what's working and what's not. They know how to do things, but they sometimes are in a culture that is discouraging them from using that judgment, from using that that real-time response and they know that they're kind of handcuffed in that situation so there are so many ways to do this and and i think that when we talk about empowerment too we have to align that with the only way you can empower people is if they know what you want for success and if you haven't defined that then you and i might both think that we're doing the right thing but we're doing that based on our personal judgment instead of based on something that we've agreed to as this is the way we do it here. So I think that's another part of this is making sure that, you know, you are defining what success looks like and then basically empowering people to get there in their own authentic ways as well, because people want to talk to authentic people as well. So I think that's a, a really, really important one. Well, you see, dear listener, how all of these things start to weave together. You have <laughs> to have those. No, I mean, that is the that is the whole point you know, to me uh, mm -hmm. when you talk about customer experience. Uh, and I'll talk a little bit about this in my third uh, item, but is you have to have the strategy. You have to know what is success, right? Mm -hmm. We have to have that vision. We have to train them so they know yeah. what is success, what is that vision, what is it, what is our end state we're trying to achieve, so that when we empower them, mm -hmm. uh, they have the direction. They know, okay, I don't have a playbook for this, but I know what we're trying to do. Right. I right. know what I, that I, you know, within this range, I can do anything. 
in my power to make this customer happy. I know what that means. Um, My uh, my bosses have given me the knowledge. (laughs) They have given me, you know, the ability to do this and I can do it. So I think, you know, all these things start to weave together and that's where we get into customer experience strategy. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that when we think about, you know, all these things that we're talking about, we're talking about real business decisions, right? And that's where that's kind of in line with my with my third mistake here. You want to hear it? Oh, you want to hear it? I want to hear it. (laughs) So this is where we treat customer experience as if it's magic, not management. (laughs) I don't understand. It's not. (laughs) I know. I wish it were. But I think that it's very easy to um, to feel like, you know what, we if we just do this well, if we just treat our customers well, then everything's going to be okay. If we talk about being customer-centric, then we'll be customer-centric. And if we put up a banner that says customers are number one and people pass it every day, by magic fairy dust and osmosis, they will suddenly know how to put the customer in the center of their decisions. And all of that is bunk. (laughs) We have to treat this. I mean, the example I always use is if you had a sales team that didn't know their quotas, didn't know what they were supposed to do. And then at the end of the quarter, you were like, well, I guess we didn't really do sales well. So I guess sales isn't something we're going to do anymore. I guess, I guess it just doesn't work. But that happens to customer experience teams because they're basically asked to do this by magic. Um, or entire companies are told, you know, the VP, the CEO, they read a book, they get really excited, and they say, we're going to be customer centric now. But what they're not really holding into account is, well, guess what? All of their data <laughs> is siloed and not customer centric. Uh, their people, to your points, are not trained or empowered to really deliver on this. And by the way, nobody's defined what that means. And so by treating it as this thing that's magic, or sometimes we ca- we talk about it as strategy through platitudes, you know, um, that is really a huge mistake that we see again and again. It is a the way we talk about it, it's a mindset, it's a strategy, and it's a business discipline. It's a way to do business. And if we don't treat it that way, then we're basically telling ourselves a story that isn't true. I would say something, but I'm just so upset that magic doesn't work. <laughs> I know, I know. I, 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 I'm a little heartbroken, Jeannie. I really don't know what to say. <laughs> well, you keep believing, Adam. <laughs> I'm going to, Jeannie. I, I dare to dream. <laughs> I wish it were magic. I wish it were fairy dust, but yeah. it's actually some hard work. Yeah, well, you know, I got a book with the words real world in the title. So I'm with you, Janie. <laughs> I got to tell you. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, difficult to, come on, see, how, how would I say this? It's difficult to parse like all these things that are a little bit sort of cheerleady because mm-hmm. they're not bad no. If they're just like, they're like the, the sprinkles, right, mm-hmm. on the Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. They're not the Sunday. That's the problem. When the sprinkles replace the Sunday, it's pretty unfulfilling. Mm-hmm. And you need all these things you talked about, of course, yeah, this a holistic, strategic approach mm-hmm. that is uh, you know, part of a customer-centric culture. Right. And that, you know, is... Um, works together with sort of a, you know, a bit of a hard 
hard-nosed business outlook, right? A hard-nosed business perspective, because you're right. Uh, you're not going to walk in and say, oh, well, I guess sales doesn't work. Right, <laughs> right? exactly. That's not going to happen. Um, so yeah, I think I think that's a great one. Uh, I, I like the uh, through magic, not management. Mm-hmm. So I, that's excellent. <laughs> All right, well, we're uh, you, you mentioned something here that uh, takes me to our third on the ground uh, CX mistake. Yeah. You mentioned the word silos, Jeannie. Mm. And I'm not going to talk necessarily about the silos as much as I'm going to talk about not paying attention to the entire customer journey. Mm. One of my favorites, Adam. You're bringing out out the hits. Bringing out (laughs) the hits. Well, so one of the things that comes up with this is you create the core experience. You create the you know, the, the theme park experience, you create the meal at the restaurant and you don't focus on what happens when somebody has a problem and has to talk to your bookkeeper or your mm-hmm. accounts payable department, mm-hmm. or, you know, that has to uh, get something serviced or repaired. Uh, it just literally, it's funny. We got a uh, interesting one today. This is a good example. Now this is a sort of a macro decision, uh, but uh, my wife emailed about a suitcase that got uh, broken on our last trip, and it looked a little bit like a defect in the workmanship. Uh, the response was, we closed our repair shop during the pandemic. We, sorry, we can't help you. We closed our repair shop during the pandemic and have no plans to reopen it. Nice. That's... <laughs> right. <laughs> now, okay, fine. That's a very macro decision uh-huh. based on cost and business, but, you know, it was a horrible email. Yeah. Nobody thought through, okay, well, mm-hmm. how are we going to communicate this? Mm-hmm. All right, here are some options. Here's what we recommend. We can offer you a 20% coupon right. if you buy a new bag, like anything. Yep. It was literally one paragraph. And mm. this this is the stuff we're talking about. When you look at a customer journey, trying to, making sure that you are thinking about one, what happens when a cust- the customer journey goes on a detour, right? Yep. Uh, the, it's not the main journey. We're, we're now into dealing with the bill or dealing with whatever. Uh, and making sure that you fit those pieces into that grand strategy, into that vision. How do we make this experience mm-hmm. a part of the overall experience? Absolutely. Absolutely. And one of my favorite techniques for that is instead of thinking about your best customer on their best day, think about your worst customer on their worst day. <laughs> what are the things that will go wrong for that customer on the journey? Because you will find things like that. And I think that we often live in that world where we're only thinking about the ideal customer journey. And we really need to think about the entire journey and all the different ways it can go sideways and what we need to do about it as CX leaders. Absolutely. Well, Jeannie, we have just been full of mistakes today, even though you're perfect. We have been full of mistakes. Um, And, you know, it's been interesting because I think we could have made this list much longer. Mm -hmm. We sure could have. Um, But we hope that everybody got something to take away, uh, you know, got some things you can take away from this that you can apply in your businesses, in your departments. And Jeannie, I want to tell you, there is something today we're going to talk about that's not a mistake. Not a mistake. What is it? Yep. That is our sponsor, Forethought.ai. Yes. So don't forget that you can check out human-centered AI at 
forethought.ai slash ctcc because they are all about exactly what we're talking about, overcoming these mistakes, helping you think in a more strategic way with customer expectations higher than ever. You don't want that clunky chatbot anymore. Forethought goes beyond traditional chatbots by infusing human-centered AI that understands your customer's sentiment and intent. So now you can empower, there's that word again, Adam, empower customers oh. to self-serve, automatically route tickets to the right agent, and enable agents to resolve cases faster, all on one AI-powered platform. It's time to think outside the bot. Learn more at human -centered, about human-centered AI and how you can get your $100 gift card by visiting forethought.ai slash ctcc. And of course, we are always so grateful to have you here with us at Crack the Customer Code. We are a proud member of C-Suite Radio, so be sure to check out the great business content at c-suiteradio.com and c-suitetv.com. I'm Jeannie Walters. Come say hey. Come let me know your mistakes at experienceinvestigators.com. And I'm Adam Depork, and you can connect with me at customersthatstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.